Welcome to the That Pitch Podcast. That Pitch Podcast helps music producers and artists tap into the world of sync licensing, publishing, music business, and more. So if you're tired of trying to make it and are more interested in making a living, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Mark, the founder of thatpitch.com. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Pauly, a music producer based in Nashville by way of North Carolina and kind of Virginia too. Uh, he landed two placements with us this month, and this is actually his first month with that pitch uh dude nathan welcome what's up dude dude thanks for having me on man i appreciate it did you like my smooth intro yeah it was, <laughs> it was close man <laughs> i tried um dude so okay uh we talked about it a little bit before recording but um so you're kind of from north carolina kind of from virginia now you're in nashville Tell me about that. You obviously, I'm going to assume you moved to Nashville for music specifically. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of grew up doing music. Um, my dad's like a, he's like in, uh, he's like a worship pastor. So like I grew up oh, around nice. church and all that. And so I kind of grew up doing a lot of music in the church um, and then went to school, still did music for a while and then knew I wanted to do like more producing. So I just moved here um after kind of getting some connections and just started producing mostly produce like for my band more so um which it's funny that I got solo piano placements but I'm more of like a pop producer so yeah funny how that works but um <laughs> yeah yeah so that's kind of my brief story if you will <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah yeah I think we were talking to uh Curtis Parks uh, last week, um, who actually, funny enough, what this is really funny. He did the opposite. So he's in Nashville. He or he was from Nashville. He moved uh, to Richmond. Yeah. So he moved to Virginia. <laughs> um, also, kind of grew up in CCM sort yeah. of worship music, and um, I think he landed solo piano this month really? too. And he considers himself primarily a pop producer. So uh, sounds like you guys got to become friends. Yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the funny thing about like, uh, you know, worship music, CCM music is that, you know, you learn great pop, uh, you know, pop records. Uh, a lot of the changes are pretty similar in pop music and, um, you learn, I'd say enough theory to kind of like work your way around in a lot of like general music, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that you landed solo piano because you obviously knew your, your way around. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. I guess I, I went to the music school for like a year and then. Oh, where'd you go? I, so I went to Liberty university. Um, okay. Yeah, but I kind of quickly dropped out of the music program and finished with a business degree. <laughs> so cool. I went to uh, Berkeley College of Music and yeah. I dropped out after a year. So. Yep, that's the way to go. So uh, yeah, I kind of kind of pulled more of that like theory. I guess not really even for this, but um, right. Yeah, it helps sometimes. I don't think it's totally necessary, but it helps. I th I think it's good to learn the rules so then you can know like you can be uh aware of what rules you're breaking yeah um i think a lot of people pursue music and I, let me know if you disagree with this but i think a lot of people pursue music and they're like oh you know it doesn't matter you don't need to get trained on any of this stuff or whatever and i think like that can make sense but i think you know i'm all for education and like every single uh avenue that it, it shows up 
And so I think if you're going to break rules in music theory, it's a lot better to understand what rules you're breaking, you know, Um, because you can only really have the uh, bill like it like if you're breaking rules all the time then the record's not going to make any sense and nobody's going to listen to it but exactly if you break it for a specific reason you know why you're doing it i think that's really powerful you know totally yeah i think my thing is i'm always more concerned about just if it sounds good like right i don't really care about the rules that much granted like <laughs> kind of like have been taught the rules so like I'm well, it's not... kind of built in now yeah you know yeah so it's kind of hard to imagine life without the rules if that makes sense. <laughs> but i'm more concerned about hey does this like sonically sound good that's like yeah. more my thing than is it doing what i need it to do yes you know? yeah yeah so but yeah i love that so you moved out to nashville yeah um you said you're in a band are you producing clients out there how's the career going what's what's up with that what are your what are your kind of pursuits right now yeah man um so i moved out here in 2019 and i kind of have done like some traveling um granted like traveling's kind of been here and there with touring COVID. that kind of yeah. thing but yeah. <laughs> i was wild dude i was like backpacking during COVID. i went down to panama <laughs> I, I sat my ass at home so uh, <laughs> uh i try well once uh once my wife and i got vaxxed and double vaxxed and boosted yeah. and we got it we're just like all right we're a cesspool and totally. we know how this is this is we we know how we're going to experience it at least. Yeah. Um so we'll be as safe as we can to protect everybody else, but it's like we know what we're up against. So totally. let's just fucking do it. Let's totally. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but COVID kind of obviously changed stuff. I was kind of more focused on um, you know, producing after COVID hit because, you know, everything everything touring wise, like changed but in the studio things were at least manageable you know so okay but, so just did you were like hey i'm just gonna control what i can control yeah right now. yeah kind of um but yeah i produce mostly for my band and then i have a few other clients um that i produce for as well um it's kind of weird in nashville it's like you kind of get to know like everybody and at some point you work with somebody for like a little bit and then you just like kind of continually have new people that you're working with. Um, so I, I've kind of like tried to like in the past year or two, like completely filter out any like touring, anything like that. And okay. do more so producing songwriting, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's do kind you, of been my focus recently. Do you, would you say like, so when I, when I started, um, making like an a- active effort to play a little bit less live. I guess it's not that I wanted to play less. It's that I just became a lot more selective with the, with the shows I was playing. Yeah. Um, where it's like, Hey, cause I, I'm primarily a drummer. I got into producing now I'm in licensing. So it's, you know, that there's the <laughs> career transition, but yeah. um, what I kind of found is like when I became a lot more selective with what gigs I took, as a drummer, um, it kind of opened me up to so much more ability to produce. And yeah, I don't know about you, but like I, 
I felt like when I was a drummer and just an instrumentalist, it was very hard for me to have a lot of um, power over my own career because I was, you know, not always if, you know, I had session work or I was teaching, but nine times out of 10, I was dependent on somebody else you know, for the tour. Cause I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, nobody's showing up for a drummer. They want a, a band or an artist. Um, so I would have to wait for the call or whatever, or I was playing gigs like, you know, cover gigs and wedding gigs that I yeah. hated. Yeah. When I, when I started really going in towards production, I just kind of realized like how much more control I had over it. And that itself was such a freeing aspect for pursuing, you know, my career in music. Did you kind of find find that to be the same in in uh you know your uh career steps and, and pivots yeah. i feel like everybody has pivots over time yeah but for different reasons no i think i think it's weird because you kind of have to figure out in any kind of relationship i'm always trying to figure like working relationship i'm trying to figure out who is working for who so it's like personal too bro no, yes <laughs> no but for real though like um like you're saying, like when you're on tour, you're working for the artists. When you're a producer, you're still working for the artists. Um, at least that's how I think of it. Now there is like, obviously licensing stuff is like kind of just making whatever you want to. That's why I love doing stuff with my band is because I'm like, I have an equal, it's not like a client relationship. It's more like, a, hey, these are the friends that I make music with. And in a lot of ways, like I still just make music with my friends and like, I'm just, you know, we're just kind of making stuff up together. But I think like it is interesting because I do really believe in the saying no to things so you can say yes to the right things. Right. Um, and that's something that I, I learned a while back because like, just to be honest with you, like I am not really a country music guy. Like I don't like country music very much. I respect it. Um, and living here has made me respect it a lot more because I have a lot of friends yeah. that do it. But like, I am not going to be the guy that does it. So listen, I'm I'm a progressive Jew from New York, so <laughs> I'm I'm not much of a country yeah. uh, player myself. No, I can't really relate as well. No, it's like <laughs> I I mean, there's there's some country music I love, but like that's not going right. to be like my career path. And I kind of have yeah. to like accept yeah. that like that's not who I am, and I'm a lot better because I accepted it. You know, when, when I was at school, um, I got really lucky early on to have like the mentors I did. I think in music mentorship is so important, you know? Yeah. Um, because you know, you can take courses, you can go to school, but I think a mentor or somebody who's looking out for you, they know your situation and they're like, you know, they, they, they give you the, the advice you need to hear whether or not you, you want to hear it at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was drumming for various artists, nothing big, you know, just a um, couple of indie pop artists. Um, and then I would fill in on some random gigs, like spot dates and stuff. Yeah. And it was funny. There were two things that happened when I was at Berkeley, I got there and, you know, I thought I wanted to only be a touring drummer the rest of my life. And I forgot who said this to me, but, you know, we were all in the same room, uh, you know, it's called a shed. So like all the drummers are there, you know, shedding. So you, 
um there's a thing if there's like a drum jam it's like you kind of just trade solos everyone's playing a beat yeah every four bars or eight bars somebody's soloing and then it goes in a circle um you're all kind of trying to top each other it's it's fucking cool um but you know i like i i did a couple of those and i had a bunch of friends doing that but um i realized that they wanted to be drummers they wanted to be the big drummers and i loved drumming you know and that that was it but it's yeah. it's like the, i didn't i didn't want like i didn't really want it and then i got like in the production crowd and i was like i think this is what i like i wasn't trained to know that i wanted this route yeah but i really like it makes so much more sense for like how i want my life to be and I was like producing a bunch of different artists and stuff. And the way I got more into indie pop was my friend was like, Mark, like, you know, you're not going to work on huge gospel records. <laughs> like you're not going to work on uh, huge country records. Like you're the indie pop synth pop guy. That's okay. You yeah. like hip hop too. Like do what's second nature to you because the people who are like, like the drummers that are trying to work with these gospel artists, they've been doing this their entire life. Yeah. Like they were built for this. You, you just like, you're not going to work into that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I can relate with that of like, Hey, like I really need to go in this, this direction. It's like a, you know, come to Jesus or come to Moses moment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no. And I, I do, I do think that that's true. It's like, I have a lot of friends that, their thing is like touring and like that's great it's not my thing i've tried it right i don't really want to do it anymore and i'm cool with that um and i have friends that I think, like yeah. i know that like that's their biggest dream to like play drums right. for whoever it is live or whatever and i'm just like no i'd rather hear my record that i made on you know radio or something like right. that's my dream you know so it's like i think it's yeah. been good for me to kind of narrow my focus you know so yeah and I, I think also just being in the music industry um people i feel they don't mean it but i think they try to train people for what they want like i know a lot of people that should not be famous it would be the worst thing for them but it's like their default dream they want to be famous and rich yeah it's like maybe you haven't really thought about this like what do you want your life to look like oh well i want to be able to travel i want to be able to play shows and meet people it's like well you don't need to, need to be wildly famous and rich to do that maybe you need like five grand a month and you know uh twenty thousand monthly listeners like that's all you really need to do this yeah you know so i feel like a lot of, that's really cool that you took the time to realize what's right for you yeah no totally and i think also too like with that i had a good mentor of mine who kind of just said mm. that he said like you need to define what success looks like to you um which i thought was really blunt but really helpful <laughs> um yeah. and just for me and my life like i have a wife and i we want to have kids one day and it's like i don't want to be on the road for the entire time, you know, like that just is not successful to me to like neglect that part of my life. Um, 
and that's just you know what what it's like to me and i think it's totally okay to like you know understand like how your personal life and your professional life can actually fit into the same you know yeah you know i i I always say like you don't have to be the biggest you just got to be profitable yeah totally you know it's got to work for you if and a lot of people don't realize that like just making a living and not being worried about rent or your mortgage or whatever next month, that's like the top 1% of the music industry. If you really think about yeah. it, yeah, you right. know, and people got to pat themselves on the back more. I mean, if somebody gets like, for instance, dude, you got your first couple placements. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing because 99% of people in the world, in the music industry will never get a placement, you know? We've made it way easier, which is awesome. And I'm stoked about you that. You definitely have. Um, we're, hell yeah. <laughs> Testimonial. No, um, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's like, I, I think growing up, it's like, you know, you see all the stories of these massive rock stars and like, you know, all this crazy stuff. And I don't know, for for me, I got to a point where it's like, I like i like playing i like touring in very specific conditions or else it's not really enjoyable for me like i i like to do it but i don't like to have to do it like i have a friend who's doing 250 dates a year right now yeah and he hits me up every he's one of my best friends i love him and he hits me up every day he makes a killing touring yeah Um, it's for a big tribute band but he's played like Red Rocks three or four times, Madison Square Garden a bunch of times. It's like one of the biggest, I'm not going to solo him out, but like, cause I'm saying stuff that he's you know talking about, Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, he hits me up every day and he's like, dude, all I want to do is just make records for sync, make records to build my publishing. That's all I want to do. And everybody's hitting him up and he's like, and they're like, dude, you're on the road all the time. That's amazing. That's what you always wanted. It's like, once you're there, once you've experienced it, only then you can really say what you want. And I think that's the the hard part is you kind of have to achieve these things that are very hard to achieve to only then realize, is it what you really wanted? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I think that's, I think I, from everyone that I've talked to that, that that's kind of how I feel like people that I know who are pursuing music, you know, think about it as well is, you know, you have to like really know what you want to do because it doesn't just like happen for you if you don't, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's also, we just, we tie up music with our identities so much that all success has to stem from that one thing. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of life that does not include music. And I'd say all music is inspired by the rest of that life. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And that's, that's been tough for me because I, I think like I like get so fixated on getting this track to sound perfect. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, you struggle with uh, perfectionism. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, a lot of the stuff that you've said about just tracks sitting on your hard drive, I'm like, Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> got, Stick them somewhere, dude. Got a million, <laughs> a million yeah. finished tracks just sitting on my hard drive just cause I like, I'm so focused on if they're not perfect, I'm like, oh, they're just, I'm going to throw them away. So. Right. We're, um, I've toyed with the idea of like, cause I mean, you were, you working with clients. It's like, 
everything can get done. It sounds dope. And they just never put it out. And yeah. you're like, are you, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. Like, we spent a year and a half on this and you didn't put it out. And it, they don't, they're not trying to be rude or anything like that, but you're just, it all comes down to like, I mean, a lot of it's insecurities, you know, of like, how are people going to judge this? What if it doesn't have any views? I've even thought on that pitch, once the new platform launches, having kind of like an auto published to Spotify thing where it's like, hmm. it's like Amazon, the one click buy button where it's like, you bought it. You didn't have to do yeah. anything. Yeah. It's like, as soon as it gets uploaded, it's going to like default to release. <laughs> you have to opt out. If of releasing was that easy. <laughs> well, if you, That'd be like, great. Distro, distro Kid's amazing. I love Distro yeah. Kid. Um, Phil Kaplan's a hero of mine. He's an awesome dude. He's helped so many people make so much money in music. But even filling out something on Distro Kid, it's a, it's a lot. You have to do a, and it, I understand why, you know, yeah. but if there was just like a, it auto does it for you. That would be great. I would love that. <laughs> it's like you, it's like you have no choice, but it's being released. Like you have to try to not get it released. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you say that because I, being the producer, like I don't handle that kind of stuff normally. I, right. <laughs> the artist normally handles that. I'm just like, here's the track you do with right. it once. <laughs> what, what about what about your band? How's the creative process for that? Um, putting stuff out? Yeah. Are all the members in Nashville? Yeah, so three out of the four of us are the other guys in Atlanta. Um, oh, great. But yeah, we were actually an indie pop band, um, but oh, yeah, probably more so on the pop side than the indie side. That makes yeah, sense. It's, it's, I honestly, dude, I'm like a synth pop guy. It's yeah. just who the fuck uses that term? Everybody exactly. uses indie pop. Exactly. exactly. Um, <laughs> synth pop is like 5% of indie pop, but I realize the skills I have to make synth pop can apply to anybody who identifies with indie pop. Yes. <laughs> so that's why I started saying that. Yes. So if you're going more, if you're, if you're on the scale of Laney to, uh, to, uh, what is it? Hippocampus? It's like okay. Laney. <laughs> nice. Pretty pretty close all, there. But all the shit I make is like a hundred percent passion pit and kids of eighty eight. Okay. Like that's how I, everything sounds. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I can't um, I can't help it. I try to work on other things and yeah, I, at this point I help it. I know. It's like at this point I just get hired like for hip hop records to make something sound dirtier. And I'm like, I guess that's that's gonna be the legacy I leave in production. <laughs> Look, somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> Somebody I'm dude. I'm like I'm like dirty jobs, bro. So <laughs> dirty job, and somebody's gotta do it. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Oh, with our band. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, honestly, that's still kind of a question we're trying to figure out. Is like how our creative process works. Every song is honestly different for us. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you? Good? Um. Uh, but yeah, every every song is kind of different. Like we'll have sometimes our lead singer just goes and writes with somebody else and did I come out with the song and I'm he like well what's I guess what's kind of normally happened is he writes a song with somebody he kind of demos it because he's kind of a producer as well um we kind of usually co-produce things uh, which is fun but um he kind of usually makes a demo for it and then I'm kind of like 
I kind of like run with it with however I'm hearing it and just right. like pump out just this like crazy whatever just in the opposite direction of him and then we just kind of meet in the middle at some some way if the song so is like worth yeah. it you know so so you're you're a finisher yeah kind of that's that's a yeah, that's always been my gig. Is I'm the finisher. I don't I don't write from scratch. Give me it, and I'll fuck it up and make it sound cool. Totally, you know. Totally, I have a hard time. I think like what I've noticed about myself recently is I feel like there are a lot of things that like I can produce, and I would rather have somebody limit me to like, okay, you go down this path, and then I'm like, okay, I'll chase that. Um, I don't know if that makes sense at all. It makes it makes complete sense, man. I can't work from scratch. I actually hate it. It's I need someone. I, that's when I realized I was a finisher, and that's actually like a really valued skill in in production. I don't make anything from scratch. If somebody uh, wants to hire me to do that, I typically refer them to somebody else. Yeah, I'm like I'm not a writer. I don't start from scratch. I don't. You know, I, you give me something and I thicken it up to make it sound how you need it to sound. Yeah. That's, that's been my gig. Yeah. And that's kind of why it's hard, um, to like, it's, it's been like kind of a challenge to figure out what our sound is, which we've like developed in the past, but you know, as always, every good band like changes. So right. it's like, yeah. what are we every changing band, to do? How is that working? And it's always it's always really fun when you find your group of people that you can work well with and you can come out with good products with. It's uh, the best. But yeah, I've never like really put words to saying that I'm a finisher, but it makes me feel makes me feel good. <laughs> oh dude, as as soon as I committed down that path, it's like it was so great because um I didn't even know that was like a term. Yeah. And uh one of my buddies up in New York, uh, producer, uh, had a long, uh, now, now I think he, he's like really in publishing, like in music tech or something, mm -hmm. but had been working with uh, rock nation, uh, a couple other, uh, labels up there. Um, a lot of cuts and great guy. And there was always like a lot of people uh, on the production together. And, um, I was like, so what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I'm a finisher. And I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, you know, I, everybody sends me stuff at like 80% and I'm the one that gets it to that last a hundred percent and like really makes it how this record needs to sound. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's literally what I do. I never make anything from scratch. People send demos to me and I make it badass. And you know, that's, that's what I do. And he was like, oh yeah, you're a finisher. That's what like we all call it. Like that's what I get. Like people hit me up to hire a finisher. That's a thing. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I got a job title <laughs> right on. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like that's old school. If you think about it, that's old school production. Yeah. Like you would work with halfway done songs. Only recently producers are expected to be the songwriters. True. You know? If if you look at like Daniel Lenoir, like working with you know U two or working with uh, Willie Nelson's Teatro, like those records, you know, back in the what's nineties, eighties or something, yeah. Producer came in, he got all the pieces together and made helped form that finished thing and made it amazing. But he didn't write everything, yeah. You know, yeah. And so 
I think people sometimes forget what actually was a record producer and what it still can be. Totally. I was, um, that, yeah. Oh no, I was, I was just going to say along with that. So, um, there's a good podcast that I've listened to. Um, it's called Nashville off the record. I don't know if you've heard it at all. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's an episode I think he does with, um, Paul Mayberry and he says, Oh, Paul's dude. Yeah, he's the dude. He's awesome. Um, super insightful, but he yeah. says like, I think you could actually change the title producer to record director as in like mm. the same way that like a movie director is referred to as it's like yeah. you're the one kind of like honing in on like everything um and i think like probably more so now producer means something very different but just well, figuring out like where is this track going how and it it goes beyond just like making the track sound cool like it goes to like making sure the vocalist feels confident to like sing the song you know it's a lot of it's a lot of things but i yeah, just thought I'm, it was so interesting to call it a director instead of a producer yeah you know? i mean like i truly believe that a true record producer's job is to fill in the cracks that the artist doesn't have yeah i think now producers are expected to be songwriters uh mix engineers uh you know do finishing work for production mastering help with the the pr campaign but at its core a record producer traditionally was and in, in my view how i operate you know for my production clients is i'm supposed to be everything that the artist can't handle themselves and you know i think that takes a lot of maturity i think in a production career in my opinion because you know, you have to realize that you're not the star. Yeah. Like record producers for pop tracks are not producers for EDM that are on stage. Yeah. You know, like when I go in the studio with an artist, my job is how can I make them shine? It's not about me. Mm -hmm. Like how can we get everything else together to lift them up? Totally. And I think, I think that's, you know, I think that came from just like growing up in studios and like getting yelled at by engineers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like that's becoming less and less, and I, I think artists want that more. I think more artists want to claim ownership over what they made, um, at least what I've been seeing lately. Do you, would you agree? I mean, yeah, I think I, from my experience, I always work a lot better with artists when they have a very clear picture of what they're looking for. Absolutely, like, absolutely. I can't help you get to the place where you know what your music is supposed to sound like i can get it to sound like that but if you don't like have a vision for it it's very difficult for me to have to like make up for the vision if that makes sense yeah i'm a multiplier not a magician yes exactly like if if you have a vision on your track i can multiply that vision into something amazing uh -huh. But I, I can't create something incredible from nothing that you're going to think is perfect. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of producers mess up when they take on clients, they work with artists, is they assume that they're taking the role of I'm the artist and this person's just singing on it and they want my sound. And it's like, no, like your job is to help them better understand what they want out of their career. And I think, yeah. I feel like that's a dying art, but I don't know, maybe I'm old school. 
yeah i th- i think it's just the role is so different than it probably used to be and in my yeah. opinion maybe it should be but um right no i, right. I think it's just it's hard because even if you were to kind of have your vision for it like fill in fill in the gaps of their vision with your vision like yeah. in the end it's still not going to be a product that they love well, you know yeah and i think you know old school record producing where you are filling in the gaps and you're seeing how can i help this artist shine in my opinion it's no different to sync and anything music licensing yeah. i'm looking at a film how can i help their film shine like how can my music help cradle the dialogue how can mm-hmm. you know and um i think your track landed because it is simplistic in in that effect in a good way um the number one reason why a lot of things don't land is because it's overproduced and you were talking about stuff sitting on your hard drive bro that's a lot of times exactly what places you know yeah um so speaking of that let's listen to this track let's do it um super proud of you uh you got what two placements your first month yeah yeah they're both uh solo piano awesome so yeah hell yeah (laughs) all right well we're gonna listen to this one and it is called if i can open this up it oh all right wait it's loading nice wait why can't i load it oh my gosh i feel like an idiot okay change of heart (laughs) (laughs) all right cool we have a name all right cool we're gonna play this um and Here we go. Thank you. 
All right, I literally got goosebumps. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks. So reasons I think this landed, uh, you kept with a single motif for the majority of the song. I think you had an A part and a B part, but you really kept it around. It's very simple. Like, and I would even argue it doesn't even really get that stuck in your head. It's catchy enough where like it's, you know, harmonically sound, you know, but it can take its place while other things are going on. And I'm just going to go on a, go out on a limb here, but I guarantee you in the past, eh, maybe, I don't know, played this live in, uh, in church. I can imagine while people are like coming up or there's like yep. a silent area. Yep. They're like getting communion or, you know, uh, which, whichever flavor of the faith you, uh, you're part of, you know, like that, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that, or while people are being seated, it's, yeah, yeah. this is amazing. I no, love this. I, I, I it sounded great, man. What a pro. Thanks, man. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of just, uh, it kind of, it's, it's odd. Cause it kind of reminds me of, uh, when I was a kid, I would kind of just like play piano. Cause that's like my first instrument. That was my first um, instrument too, man. Yeah. My mom, she's like, she would play in church all the time and just like make up stuff and i like yep. growing up i was like i don't know how you really do that and then now that's pretty much what i do constantly yep so my my mom was a piano teacher growing yeah up, so very very similar yeah, yeah my moms, mom moms are great was a piano teacher but she did not teach me how to play piano oddly enough so you know what <laughs> kind of funny that's why i started going yeah. in drums yeah you can't you can't do assignments from mom. I know you can't. You you're telling me chores, and now I got to practice. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, but I kind of I like was on the whole like like learn music, like sheet music, and then I was like, I don't like this. I want to do my own thing. So right. that's kind of where I started. But yeah, it's a it's good to like kind of make things simple and strip it back. I think I like for most of these silly piano ones that I do, I just kind of like sit at the piano, kind of try to make something up and then, you know, hit record. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Well, it sounded awesome. Um, something I, I like to kind of ask before, you know, we close up shop, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're pursuing music. You're in Nashville, in a band, making a bunch of music, landing placements, kicking ass. What advice would you have for anybody pursuing music um, creatively or or their career? Just anything, something that's helped you. Um, I think something that's really helped me um, is, and this was just kind of more so taught to me than. Uh, than said to me, but oh, I guess in a saying, less is more um, musically to me at least. That's how I that's how I view it. Um, just that less is more, and I've had a lot of teachers that have taught me that the less the less stuff that you do, the more impactful it can be. So just the way that I see music is the more simple, the better. So mm. there, there's a saying that. Um silence gets you the most attention yeah you know 
so uh people miss when there's no sound there so they're they're eager to to listen a little bit more totally. so totally. love that man Sp space is a tool for sure um and lastly you got any pluggables anywhere uh you want anybody to go uh reach out if they want to license something directly from you or just say what's up and uh i don't know buy you a coffee how do they reach yeah. out i mean my instagram he takes coffee everyone probably the best um yeah just add nathan underscore poly um other than that just my band um it's a really big project of mine um we're just anx um just the letters anx but awesome um yeah man any specific tracks we should listen to um uh, probably our newest it's the best i think sick what song is <laughs> it's it? called chant it Chanted by ANX. Definitely uh, check that out. Yeah. And uh, hit up Nathan underscore Polly on Instagram. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for taking your time with us today. Uh, again, congrats on your placement, bro. Or placements, bro. First month, yeah. killing it. So proud Thanks, of you, man. Thanks. It's, it's uh, great to talk to you, man. Appreciate it. Awesome, dude.